You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. We welcome you to Open Court with Jay Young, your information source for Fairfield basketball, along with the coach. I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. Also joining us today, the Stag sophomore forward out of North Wales, Pennsylvania, Zach Chrysler. Fairfield coming off the series split against St. Peter's, getting ready for its final two home games of the regular season. A Friday-Saturday series against Canisius as the Stags for the second time in the course of one year will play this time for real, their uh, final games in Alumni Hall. Anyway, uh, Coach, let's start it off with you and uh, get your overall thoughts about the uh, weekend in Jersey City. You get the win, a really good win on Saturday. They get you on Sunday. Two very different Fairfield performances, to say the least. Why don't you give us the good and the bad of the weekend in Jersey City? Uh, yeah, hey, Bob, the, the, the good was obviously the first night when, when we just – I think both teams probably uh, set the game of basketball back in that first half about a hundred years with the offense. And um, I thought getting the game tied at halftime, you know, was just a, a huge uh, thing for us. We, we were just going nowhere offensively in that first half and we were able to have our defense stick around and let us catch up and then, you know, able to make enough plays, especially, down the stretch, the last three minutes for us were really good. We got them turned the ball over a couple times and took advantage of that. So uh, it wasn't pretty, I said, after the game, but it was kind of like a Fairfield win where you just, you know, uh, offense wasn't good and and our defense kept us in the thing and allowed us to win the game. And I thought a big key for us in that first game was, uh, you know, the 12 offensive rebounds that we got as opposed to their seven. That's what they do. And I think three of their offensive rebounds came in kind of one possession where they, you know, missed a shot, got their own rebound, put it back up and in. So I thought we controlled the glass. The second night we didn't do that. They flipped the script on us um, with 10 offensive rebounds. It really hurt us. We only had five. I was really disappointed on our effort on that end of, uh, of the – that was a big key for us going into the game. Uh, we didn't rebound. And, you know, our. It, 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 I said this, you know, after the game, I, I was proud of the first night. I was disappointed we couldn't come in and – and find a way to win that second one. Um, it, we just, it's going to be difficult for us to, to, you know, win games. If you're scoring 50, 55 points, for, you know, uh, I think we scored what a hundred and hundred was it 104 for the whole weekend or 109 for the whole, whatever the number was. Um, but, you know, you're scoring 49 points in a game. It's going to be very, very difficult to win. So we've got to make more plays. We've got to finish some more plays, make more shots. Um, so just really disappointed. We weren't good enough defensively in the second night. We weren't, we didn't rebound the ball like we should have both nights. Our offense was bad. Uh, but our defense obviously in that first night was, was elite for us to win the game. So as you try to uh, get that offense, uh, at a more, to a more efficient level, uh, that all starts in practice. So heading down the home stretch now, and if there's, if the word normal can be applied to anything this season, maybe a little bit more of a normal pace to uh, the routine and practice uh, once again. So give us an idea of the things you're trying to fine tune, especially because you just referred to it at the offensive end. 
You know, we've, we've been bringing them back at night to shoot. Um, and really, you know, we go through the film and just kind of grade shot selection. I thought we graded out pretty good with shot selection. I, the one thing I, I was, um, I thought in the defo, uh, because of his shot blocking ability at St. Peter's, he altered some stuff. And I said to this, to the guys afterwards, you know, your goal obviously is to make the shot. It's not to just not get it blocked. I thought that's what a couple of our shot attempts, especially on the interior were like that, that, uh, you know, when you got a guy like that, you got to make sure that you that you're trying to actually make a shot. And I felt, you know, a couple of our field goal attempts with him around us just really kind of altered the way we shot the basketball. But, you know, Bob, we, we got some really good looks in the game. Uh, looks that quite honestly, we just have to make um, when we when those are available. Uh, I thought we passed up a couple things too. Uh, to get something worse later in the shot clock. That's been a, something we've addressed a lot this year. Um, so we just continue to show them film, continue to get them back in shooting and, uh, you know, to work on the details of our offense, you know, whether, whether, what mistakes we see, but, uh, you know, we went through, we always do. We went through and looked at shots and what type of shots we're getting. What, what is our offense generating? And I thought for the most part, uh, during the weekend, we, we got some, some good shots. Uh, there's a few you always want back, uh, in any game, but we, we honestly, we just got to step up and make some, make some baskets. Mentioned that uh, Zach Chrysler is joining us for the first time. And uh, Zach, first, uh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, Joe and I officially uh, welcome you into the uh, Fairfield family. We haven't had the pleasure of meeting you in person yet because of uh, circumstances. But we just talked about um, a, uh, a practice uh, routine and the things that Coach Young is working on in practice. Why don't you take us into a Fairfield practice and uh, what's it like uh, playing in the uh, in the Jay Young classroom so far for you? Yeah, well, well, thanks, thanks for having me on today. It's it's great to be here. But um, a practice every day, you know, usually we try and get out there probably twenty minutes ahead of time, and then you know we kind of go through our little warm up routine, and um, then things usually move into you know practicing guarding the other team's sets, and then we'll get into playing like five on five full court stuff, which is what I, I really enjoy. You know, that's where we really get to compete and guys really, really come in and work hard every day. Um, and then usually after we finish up practice, like coach said, we've been coming back every night and getting an extra work. And I think that's really been helping us. Um, definitely. I feel like it's helping more things uh, start to click during the games, just getting that extra film session in and extra shots in. I think that's, that's been helping us a lot. And for you, it's been uh, such a, uh, an unusual and uh, crazy first year as a stag. Um, are you starting to feel more settled in? It's certainly been a lot going on for you uh, since uh, you decided to transfer out of Rice. Uh, how's it been trying to just finally find that, that nice pace to your, your life as a Fairfield stag? Yeah, well, it definitely was really rocky when I first got here, you know, um, hard to just, you know, meet new people uh, due to all the COVID regulations, stuff like that. Also, uh, I originally wasn't planning on playing this year, you know, and finally the waiver got approved and they kind of, they allowed all transfers to play. So that was great. But I mean, the guys here have been very welcoming since I stepped foot on campus. So it always kind of felt like I was a part of the family from the day I got here. Hey, Zach, when, when you were thanking us for being on the podcast, your coach was smiling a little bit. He knows there's this 
podcast jinx among the players. <laughs> that, is that no, so? Forget I said that. I don't want you thinking about that. My my question <laughs> to you is, you know, you're a big, strong kid, but you can shoot. You can shoot the three. What exactly is your role? Like, what are you trying to accomplish in a ball game? What, what does coach want you to do? Well, I think he definitely – well, I think his first expectation is – for me to come and play hard and defend. That's kind of the baseline for sure for anyone on the team. Um, because if we don't defend, obviously, as you saw last weekend, our offensive production hasn't been that great. So you definitely have to be able to dig in, defend and rebound and play hard. But other than that, I think coach definitely expects me to come in and knock down a, a three or two each game and also try to just keep the flow of offense kind of moving. And instead of like getting stagnant, just kind of helping things uh, flow. What what I, I when I think of you on defense, I comes to mind right away the second Quinnipiac game, the first game, which we shouldn't really count because of what you guys went through. But enough of that. Um, you were asked to guard Ragoni for yep. a good part of that game. You got yourself in foul trouble early, but I thought you did a great job. Your length, your size, I think, hurt him because he can he can shoot. So, how often? Just talk to me about that assignment. You you know, guarding someone that's typically not your size, maybe a little, you know, that can play a little bit off the dribble. How, how challenging was that for you? Well, honestly, I thought that was probably the matchup that I was looked forward to most this year, just because you know I saw what he did the first game, and I really just wanted to make an emphasis that you know, honestly, I could go and score only three points on offense, but I want to make sure he has zero then. That was kind of my mindset going into the game. And I saw how he was just hitting threes in everyone's eye the night before. I wanted to make sure I was kind of running him off the line. And I think what also kind of helped me was that he kind of has a game similar to me, I think. So that was nice. You know, I could kind of have an idea of where he's going to rotate on offense and where he's going to flow into his shots. So that kind of helped. But, I mean, he's, he's a great player. He's a great shooter. He still hit, you know, I think two threes when I was probably as close as I could get without fouling. So he's a great player. But that was definitely the matchup that I looked forward to the most this year so far. Zach, I think most of our listeners know they, that you started your career at Rice. But when you were being recruited by Rice and other schools, was Fairfield ever a school uh, that you considered uh, during that first recruiting process? No, uh, Fairfield, no, I actually never had any contact with them. But I always knew about Fairfield because one of the uh, better players that came out of my high school, Steve Smith, he actually played here right. uh, a couple a couple of years before me. So I always knew about Fairfield, but no, never, never any uh, recruiting talks out of high school. How about uh, Conference USA versus the MAC? Um, what differences have you picked up on uh, now that you've had a call around in, in the MAC, and of course, plenty of experience in CUSA? Yeah, I mean, Conference USA was a great conference um, for sure. You know, you got your big, big athletes there, big high flyers and stuff here. But you know, I the thing that I love about the MAC so much is that every night it's a fist fight. You know, any team, any team can kind of hang with any team. You know, it's not like 
anyone's going into a game thinking, oh, this is a, this is an easy W on our, on our schedule. You know, everyone's going to give you their best shot. And I think that's what makes it so exciting and so fun to play in every night. Coach, uh, how about um, Zach and how he got on your recruiting list? Uh, he's at Rice, and now he goes into the transfer portal. Uh, how long have you been aware of Zach, and how did you manage to close the deal? Um, I, I actually knew of Zach uh, from when I was at Rutgers because he played on an AAU team that I watched a lot. Um, they had very good players on it, and uh, he's, he was actually coached by an, the ex-Rutgers coach, Mike Rice, for a while. Um, so I, uh, I spoke with Mike about him a couple times once he became available on the transfer. So I, I knew the people around Zach um, and, and uh, you know, got a chance to see him play, you know, quite a bit when I was at Rutgers. And then um, – he went to Rice, uh, really didn't kind of lost touch with him at, when I got the job here. Then I did see his name became available on the on the transfer portal. Uh, you know, always liked his skill set. That was an interesting skill set. Obviously, our need to shoot the ball was something we were trying to address through recruiting. And and when I followed up with, you know, the calls to Zach's family, great family. Uh, obviously, Zach, as you can tell here, is a great young man and uh, everybody raved about his character. So I thought he'd be a very good fit, obviously good academic fit at Fairfield coming from Rice. So uh, it's been, it's been good and he's done a very good job for us. And, uh, you know, I always say Zach does a lot of things that people don't see, uh, especially in our offense, just the way he moves the ball and, you know, a good understanding of spacing, a good understanding of cutting and screening uh, really helps us out uh, with a lot of stuff that just doesn't appear in the box score. And uh, the other day, he did a great job. I thought, you know, I think one of the huge keys were we we put Zach on the defo to start off. We were worried about Chris getting in foul trouble, and uh, Zach took two charges on him, and really mm-hmm. had a really had a third that they didn't call. Um, so it's gotten a defo to the bench, and that's what we thought he could do. We we kind of went in the game thinking he could pin a couple charges on him. He took a big one at the end of. Uh, uh, the rider game took a big charge for us. So he's done some really nice things for us. And, and um, we're, we're certainly glad, glad that he's here. Zach, what, what were your final choices um, at a high school? And were you looking at any other schools other than Fairfield when you decided to transfer from Rice? Um, so out of high school, let's see, I think my final three ish were uh, Rice LaSalle University and also actually Quinnipiac were in the in my final three and then kind of coming out of Rice you know I kind of I had looks kind of all over the place like all over the country Um, a lot of like mid-major stuff this level um, Towson stuff like that but um, definitely once I got the call from Fairfield that was because I have a bunch of friends from high school who go here. Good. So once I got the call, I, I called a bunch of my buddies that go here and they all just told me how much they love it and how great it is. And it was kind of a, a pretty easy decision once they, once they reached out, it didn't take me too long. Word of mouth. That's the best kind of advertising. And uh, you played at LaSalle Catholic high school, great league, great high school league, the Philadelphia Catholic High School League. Uh, Zach, want to do some name dropping? Anybody uh, that you played with, against that uh, we would know about right now in the college game? Oh, a bunch of guys in our conference, sure. actually. Riders got Alan Powell, was one of my teammates in high school. Uh, 
Christian Engs on Ryder. Uh, he played for Newman Goretti. Um, Ajiri Johnson on Ryder. He played for uh, Bonner. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a ton of guys, you know, out of my class. Isaiah Wong, who plays at Miami. Tyreek Ingram, who plays at uh, Wake Forest. Uh, just, I, I don't, there's so many names out of the cap league. It's kind of hard to keep up with all those guys. Yeah, I'm sure. And yeah. um, you, um, you go to Rice, you're at Fairfield. It's pretty clear that uh, academics is high on your list of priorities. What are you, uh, you know, studying? What, uh, what, did, what academic pursuits are you interested in? Yeah, so I, uh, I've been, you know, discussing it a lot with my parents recently because I have to declare here in, uh, I think, a week or two. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be uh, doing communications. Um, that's what I'm looking to study. So I've been talking to other guys on the team that are doing it right now. I think Woges and Taj. So I, I talked about them and that's, uh, kind of piqued my interest lately. You said, uh, you, uh, coach just mentioned, uh, your family, uh, basketball family. Tell us a little bit about your parents and, uh, any, any siblings who, uh, who play basketball or if they don't play basketball, any interesting family stories? Yeah. So, so my brother, um, He's at RIT right now. He's a he's a junior. Um, he's he's not an athlete there. But my sister, she played basketball at American University. Um, had a great career there. She got to the NCAA tournament one year. I think it might have been her her junior year. They played Iowa um, at Iowa, and then my mom she uh, played basketball at Syracuse and. My dad, he's, he's from the South, from Mississippi. They, they weren't playing a lot of pickup ball and stuff like that when he was growing up, so he was never much of a ball player. But, yeah, that's pretty much all the, all the basketball roots in my family. I mean, other than that, my one uh, grandfather played football at Penn State. So that's, that's, uh, yeah. that, that's, a, pretty good, that's a pretty good credentials, um, the fact that your grandfather – there's some athletic blood, obviously, there if you're – Grandfather played at football at Penn State, and and your mom, uh, her maiden name. Uh, if we wanted to look up her Syracuse career, uh, what years did she play there? Uh, tell us a little bit about your mom, her name, and uh, what kind of career did she have as uh, in the Orange? Yeah, her uh, her maiden name Tracy Rafe Snyder. Um, she just she always talked about Syracuse all the time. It was kind of to the point where it was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I hate. <laughs> you know <laughs> but but she loves it I mean she she always talks about you know how they would go to um the big dome for the games and stuff like that and how awesome it was just um the whole atmosphere around basketball at Syracuse so she loved her she loved it there I mean she's always always raving about it you already made mention of how you got that waiver in December, uh, Zach, and uh, it's old news, but why don't you just take us back to that day you found out that you'd be able to, to play the season and how that kind of changed the course of your year. Yeah, well, uh, so we were taking the, the bus ride to, I think, Niagara. Right. And, uh, that's the, the longest trip of the year. So I was just kind of sitting there like, like, damn, if I can't play and I got to take this long bus ride all the way up here <laughs> in the freezing cold, I was, that, was, uh, that was tough. But then coach walked back to the back of the bus and he goes, 
Well, fellas, Woj and Zach, you guys are going to be playing tomorrow. So that was just, that was a great feeling. You know, I called my parents immediately and they were, they were so happy to hear that and reached out to all my friends. And it was finally like, okay, now, now I really feel like I'm a part of the Fairfield community. Yeah, and it's sort of like a get-out-of-jail-free card for everybody this year. Uh, you get to be a sophomore, at least basketball-wise, all over again next year. Um, it's almost like you get a, a clean slate in an entirely different way when you get into this offseason. I'm not trying to speed things up for you, Zach, but you know now that you've had a year under your belt and you get to, in essence, repeat uh, as a sophomore basketball-wise um, – what are the things you're looking to do as far as when you do launch into the offseason this year? Yeah, well, uh, strength is definitely always um, up there on my list. You know, I don't think you can ever really be strong enough. But um, also definitely me and, me and coach talk about it all the time, kind of my emergency capabilities and being able to pick up more foot speed so I can kind of defend more of the smaller big men and um, it would definitely help my offensive game for sure. Cause you know, sometimes I get stuck out on the three point line. So maybe being able to do more, more stuff around the basket, a little, little more of a vertical jump. Those are kind of my big things I'm thinking about after this season. Coach, you've already told us that, uh, Zach does a lot of the little things that don't, as the cliche goes, don't necessarily show up in the box score as his career progresses, what kind of a role do you see him filling over the long term? And as he continues to, as he just referred to, improve in the areas where he wants to work on and what are some of the things you see him uh, getting better at as his career progresses? Yeah, a lot of the things that Zach just mentioned, just certainly his mobility. And, uh, you know, I always, you know, your position is who you can cover. So so how many, you know, you can, pl you can play as many spots as the guys you can cover. And, um, you know, I've, I've talked to G a lot to Zach about that. It's a great off-season project for us and our strength coach, Mike Harris, just really working on his foot speed and mobility. And the other thing I, I say to Zach is we got to get a little more balance between post and perimeter. And if you're going to, you know, shooting a three is certainly a skill that you that you have. Now we've got to make you uh, into a great shooter. You've got to get your move your mattress into the gym. It's all about reps in the gym now. Uh, you know, you mentioned a guy like Ragoni. Um, and his, you know, he's shooting over forty percent from three, and we got to get Zach to to a guy who's going to be like that, where where he shoots it now, and you think it's going to go in if he gets a good look. Where he sh he comes to the point of his career where you know it's going to go in if he gets a good look. Where he's just more consistent because of you know it's it's a real weapon. It's a real weapon in this league for a guy his size um, who can do that. And we've run some stuff and gotten him some pretty good looks, and and now just making him into the great shooter. That needs to be, but I would say, you know, just what Zach said, those, those kind of three things, the, the mobility issues that we got to work with um, a little more balance between perimeter and post and really now getting in the gym and making him an elite shooter. Zach, that's all long-term stuff. And I'm sure you'll get to that point where coach wants you to get to, but um, let's back up again and talk about the short term. There's still, you know, significant amount of basketball to be played this year, six games to go before the, uh, the conference tournament begins. What are your personal goals, if you can quantify it for us, uh, over the remaining games of this season and into the MAC tournament? 
Well, honestly, at this point in the season, I wouldn't say I'm really thinking about any personal goals. You know, I'm just kind of, I guess to say my personal goal is kind of just do anything possible for us to win. Mm-hmm. You know, we're tired of the splits. We're tired of the sweeps. You know, it's time for us to start sweeping teams and, and really making our move. And I'd say that's pretty much all I'm focused on. You know, it's, it's kind of all we can think about is NCAA tournament or bust, you know. That's about it. Uh, well said, Joe. Yeah, um, something you mentioned that didn't go over my head. You know, nowadays, Zach, and you guys will agree, it's harder to follow college basketball players and pro players because they're all coming and going. But you mentioned your mom's maiden name. So is her brother, J.B. Ref Schneider, that played at Syracuse back in the 90s? No, no. Do they spell it the same way? Um, you don't know that name. I'd have to look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I heard you say that last name and you guys remember JB ref Schneider played in the nineties. So is is that her maiden name? Yeah. It's, it's Rafe Schneider. Right. Spell it. R A I F S N. All right. My bad. Go ahead, Bob. (laughs) No, that's all right. Uh, (laughs) the, the, uh, the name did ring a bell. I'm glad you, uh, Clarified that. I um, wanted to switch gears here for a second, guys. And uh, Jay, give you a, an opportunity to talk about somebody who has been written about and talked about often over the last week, talking about the super scout, the uh, the high school scout, Tom Kuchowski, who unfortunately recently uh, passed away. There is nobody in college basketball, certainly in a capacity like yours, Jay, that didn't cross paths at some point with Tom. Any, any Tom remembrances uh, from you? You know, uh, I think I'm just like everybody else who I remember when I was a young assistant and meeting him for the first time, you um, you had heard so much about him and he met you once. He remembered your name forever. Uh, you know, the handshake that everybody talks about. But, uh, you know, I, I had a few occasions where I got to drive Tom back or be in the car with Tom, um, you know, from a game that we saw him at, especially when I was at Stony Brook. So if we were at a high school game, St. Connecticut or something, he was there, we would always, Steve and I would always give him a ride back or, and just, just the person that he is. You, I said this all the time when um, we were talking about Tom uh, the other day, when you left him, you felt like you should be a much better person. <laughs> you, <know>, like, <laughs> you just felt like, my God, why can't I be more like Tom is? And he was such a genuine uh, human being such a great person, uh, a great man. Uh, you know, I, I just, I remember him coming to a game last year, our UMass game and, and coming down right to the locker room afterwards to say hi to me and to talk to me. And that's just the type of guy he was. I talked, I was fortunate. I talked to him a couple months ago when he retired, got him on the phone, which is, you know, hit or miss because he doesn't have an answer machine. We talked for about 10, 15 minutes and uh, I was glad I got to do that, but uh, he's going to be, he's certainly going to be missed uh, and just, as I'm sure anybody who's had contact, I know Joe and Bob, that just one of the great, great men uh, around this game. I love the game and did such a great job in an old uh, school way of uh, coming up with tremendous scouting reports on uh, just about any high school player who of note uh, who we happened to cross paths with. And, Talking about uh, scouting reports, uh, let's start with you, Zach. Uh, you guys, you have a couple of games coming up at Alumni Hall against Canisius uh, this weekend. Uh, what do you, um, what do you, when you see Canisius and you, you've already looked at the scouting report and 
getting ready for the matchups. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the challenges they pose to you this weekend in terms of matchups and the things you have to specifically be ready to do? Um, well, yeah, so they've got some pretty good uh, big guys, you know. Um, just got to be ready to play uh, solid in ball screen coverage. Um, definitely keep, uh, keep their bigs from throwing those high-low passes that they love. And also definitely um, sticking my nose in there and getting a few offensive boards because they're a very good defensive rebounding team. So if we could give ourselves a, a few extra possessions, that would be huge. And from a team standpoint, Coach, uh, what are the points of emphasis this weekend for you uh, trying to get a – but hopefully is a would be a nice way to close down Alumni Hall. And that's uh, – don't want to get greedy, but certainly you go into this thing hoping you can sweep these guys. What are the keys? Yeah, you know, the key for us is, is always how we how we defend. Uh, you know, we, we went back when the game we won on uh, on Saturday night, we held – obviously, we held St. Peter's under a point per possession. We won it. We didn't do that on Saturday night. We lost it. So, it's always about the way we defend. And they've got – you know, they've got a lot of guys. They've got eight guys playing over 15 minutes, and the ninth guy uh, is, is just over 10. So, they're playing a lot of guys. The two leading scorers come off the bench for them. But they got they got uh, multiple guys who could hurt you, and they're a fat. They're they're kind of a unique team where they play fast, but when then they get you in the half court, they really grind you. Um, so it, it's a team that you know transition defense is going to be big for us because they, uh, other than Monmouth, they're the second fastest team in the league. But then when they get into their half half court offense, they really make you defend multiple actions. So um, you know just really. Those two things, transition defense, uh, and then when we get in the half court, defending all the way through the shot clock because they're going to make you grind. Uh, and what you can't do is make make uh, mistakes late in the shot clock. You, you can defend them. A lot of teams and watched a lot of film on them. They'll defend them for, you know, 20, 24, 25 seconds, and then they make a mistake and, and they score. They just really, they really run their stuff probably better than any team in the league. Um, so we're going to have to really be, be a very solid basketball team. They're a good free throw shooting team over 71%. Uh, they just destroyed Quinnipiac at the free throw line. Uh, you know, and they're coming off four wins in a row now. They've, they beat, yeah. uh, they swept St. Peter's and they, and I know there was a big gap in between, but they've swept Quinnipiac. So they're, they're playing as well as anybody in the league right now. They really are in, the, in their ability to score. We're going to have to, you know, 70 points a game and, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take a, a big number off of that, and then offensively we're gonna have to you know we're gonna have to st step up and make some shots at some point, and uh, we need extra possessions like Zach said. So we, I was disappointed with the five offensive rebounds in our second game. That's not us. We got to get extra. So we got we've got to continue to get multiple guys going to the glass. And uh, shifting gears again for a moment, uh, Joe. I know that uh, you wanted to talk about uh, a loss this week. Um, and the Fairfield family is uh, a longtime fan and someone who had a connection to one of the, uh, the great Fairfield players of uh, the eighties. Why don't you take it from there? Yeah. Un unfortunately, I, I learned last night that uh, Wes Gregory, who um, was a long, long time fan, you know, was a fan when I played in the early seventies. And um, he um, uh, recently found out he had cancer and uh, he went through a, quick suffering if you will so I guess that's a good thing he passed away and he'll be missed I mean his his uh his whole family to this day still goes to games his two daughters his son his grandchildren and his son-in-law who you alluded to Pat Urena 
And uh, Pat also, by the way, lost his mom uh, before Christmas. Um, so it's been a tough time. But Wes, Wes is one of those guys that um, you, was, was upset when Fairfield lost, was thrilled what they won, but he always cared about the coaches and the players. You know, he was never one of these guys that talked negatively. He was always fun to see. Certainly one of the guys that I enjoyed always seeing. And he, um, I remember when I came to Fairfield as a 17-year-old freshman uh, in 1975, and um, like most New York City kids, I didn't have a driver's license. And um, when I was 20 years old, I believe I was a junior, uh, he ran the county school in Bridgeport and um, county driving school. So uh, he, he was able to, uh, you know, get me that uh, driver's license. So uh, <laughs> he good, good, good. Just just a great guy. And um, I know I'll miss him personally, and I'm sure a lot of Fairfield people will. And just so sorry that, you know, the current Fairfield players really didn't get to know him because he was a good, good guy. And one other thing, Tom, I just wanted to, uh, Bob, I want to talk about Tom Kachowski. I, I had met him first time in 1975 and obviously had a relationship with him. And uh, Jay obviously talked about how amazing gentleman he was and used to call him to get opinions on players. And I was so insecure. I used to call him on players that I signed, you know, just to get his confirmation. And, you know, the last 14 years, I ran my basketball academy in the area. And uh, my bread and butter was my summer and fall league. My fall league, I had 68 teams from all over the state. Teams from New, New York used to come. Uh, Wilbraham and Munson from, from Massachusetts used to come. They used to come from everywhere. Tom used to come once, sometimes twice in that eight-week period to evaluate the kids in my league. And on more than one occasion, people he didn't, kids he didn't know because of his evaluation would get a scholarship. And, um, and uh, he was... Uh, he was, uh, he even, and Jay, you would know this, uh, on his, his paper reports in the late summer, he would put together fall events that college coaches must see, and he would always put the DeSantis Basketball Academy Fall League in there, the dates and everything. Tom was a workhorse. He was a gentleman, and uh, so, um, you know, he, he'll, he'll never re be replaced. We've been losing a lot of great ones. Um, and, Zach, you're going to get to know – Fortunately, next season, we all hope uh, some of these fans, we just talked about the late Wes Gregory, you're going to really get to know some of these fans well. It'll be nice for you to uh, get acquainted with uh, many of them who are listening right now. And we need you to do us a favor because Joe already alluded to this. Uh, Chris Mido was our guest last week on the podcast, and he broke the jinx because every player we've had as a guest has gone out and, well, hasn't played particularly well at times. Uh, Chris broke the jinx. He, he played really well in that game against St. Peter's in, in the win. Now, what we want you to do is go out and kick butt in both games against Canisius and put this uh, this podcast to whammy to an end once and for all. What do you say? Yeah, you guys got it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest one that we gave you all afternoon. We really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us, Zach. It was great getting to know you. Thank you so much for having me on. It was awesome. And coach, uh, I uh, always appreciate, we always appreciate your time and uh, we won't bring up uh, the jinx anymore. It's, uh, it's, it's about to be broken for good this weekend, but uh, good luck this weekend against Canisius. I'm not going to get into the alumni hall angle because we've already been there. And we've right. done that last year against Ryder, but it would be nice to uh, 
Close it out with a couple of wins. Good luck getting that done. Thank you. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. We'll be back with you next week to review the Kenesha series, and then we'll get you ready for the upcoming games at Monmouth. And so for Jay Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, and our special guest, Zach Chrysler, and our producer extraordinaire, Ryan Moynihan, I'm Bob Eastler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.